Super dope. Happy Wednesday. So, the long-awaited, at least in my opinion, uh, Shinsuke Kakuchi episode, or in remembrance of, with Napoleon the Legend, uh, really cool episode came out better than I thought it did uh, when I finished recording it at first. I wasn't too hyped with how I did, but actually a pretty good sit-down. We had a really good conversation about uh, Kakuchi, his legacy, you know, listened to a few different pieces of his music. Um, there is a there is a little incidental music piece in there that I fail to mention or name, but I guess I should say it now. It's called The Pain is Past. You'll hear it. It's like 20 seconds long, and it's right before uh, the passing of a master. You'll you'll get the flow. You'll know what I mean. Um, people uh, got a little excited about the return of a Dragon Ball Super anime last week. And uh, people started tossing around words like vindicated. I've decided to not really talk about that this week because uh, this episode is about Kikuchi. However... I have a lot of things to say about the word uh, vindication when I talk to you next. Manga chapter drops tomorrow, the 20th. Um, patrons, uh, I guess maybe Saturday night, we're shooting for a, a conversation. I think it's going to be the last one that we do for a bit. I think we're going to be shifting away from patron discussions. Um, there's reasons for it. Don't worry about them. Uh, if you want to go support us anyway, though, patreon.com slash Dragon Ball Super Dope. It's amazing that people still don't know where to sign up for Patreon when I plug it as often as I do. But I do get the question every once in a while. So there you go. Patreon.com slash Dragon Ball. Super dope. I will talk with you soon. Enjoy the chapter. Goku and Vegeta are going to fight Granola. Whew. Who just saw that shit coming? Talk to you soon. Super dope. Welcome into a very special episode of Dragon Ball Super Dope. My name is Kyle. Thank you for checking this out. As I mentioned in the intro to the show last week, uh, we unfortunately had a loss uh, in the Dragon Ball fandom uh, in the form of original Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z composer Shinsuke Kikuchi. And uh, his, his music is something that I've been real familiar with for a very long time, even before I was familiar with Dragon Ball. So hearing that news hit pretty hard. Um, so I did want to do a special episode this week just to kind of pay tribute to him and share some of my more favorite pieces of music. I couldn't think of a better guest to welcome back to the show to discuss this. Uh, Napoleon, the legend. How are you, man? Man, I'm good, man. Um, you know, I got my, my Dragon Ball cup. Hell yeah. Happy to be back. Yeah, man. It, 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 it hit me. It was a shock too, man. Hearing that news. Not a pleasant way to, what wasn't a pleasant thing to wake up to. It wasn't, you know, a tragic thing. I mean, the guy lived a full, long life, a, a legendary, storied career. Right. But, you know, the world feels a little less bright without the guy, uh, given how much joy he's given to me through his music, you know? Right. A hundred percent. So what I wanted to do was for people who may not be as familiar with him uh, and his career outside of, you know, the music, the tunes that you might know from Dragon Ball. Um, I wanted to share a, a little bit of a write-up uh, done by Derek Padula, friend of the show. He's known as the Dragon Ball Scholar. You can check out his work at thedowofdragonball.com. Um, he did a nice write-up kind of summing up the last couple of years of Kikuchi's life and uh, you know the most recent news, obviously. And then he goes on to share some of his thoughts. But I wanted to read this top part here. 
Japanese music news site Oricon reported that Shunsuke Kakuchi died on April 24, 2021 at a medical facility in Tokyo. This was revealed by the Japanese Society for Rights of Authors of Music, an organization in Japan focused on managing musicians' copyrights. According to an NHK report in 2017, Kikuchi had been, quote, absent from composing because he was being treated for an illness. Private funeral will be held for relatives. Kikuchi was born on November 1st, 1931 in Hirosaki Mori, Japan. He began his career in the 1960s by providing incidental music for anime and to- tokusatsu shows. Uh, Kikuchi composed several decades worth of music that many children grew up with, became the leading composer of the Showa anime generation from the 1960s until 1989. Altogether, he composed over 1,000 songs, many for Toei Animation. His most famous works are among international audiences, uh, and they take the form of Common Rider, 1971, Doraemon, 1979, Dr. Slump, 1981, Dragon Ball, 86, Dragon Ball Z, 89, and the first uh, 16 movies, I guess it would be. Um, there's a link in the show notes if you want to read the full write-up. Uh, Derek goes on to share, you know, some of his own thoughts and personal connection, and uh, y- you know, his own take on what Kikuchi meant to him. Um, I wanted to give an example of one of the songs that I first became familiar with for Kikuchi. That even before I watched Dragon Ball, um, full disclosure, I didn't watch this anime either. I just happened to be the son of a, a very nerdy person who had this stuff on CDs when I was growing up. And um, yeah, the, the theme song for get a robo is something that encapsulates like primetime Kikuchi for me. So I want to share that one first. が真っ赤に燃えて。ゲッタースパーク、空高く、ミカカ、ガッタイ、ゲッタロボダ。ガッ、ガッ、ゲッタ、ガッ。三つの心が一つになれば。Oh, man. It's like, you know, 70 seconds long, but it still gets me pumped up every single time. <laughs> it got me pumped up. Like, and I never heard this one before. Oh, man, this tune kicks a lot of ass. And for Dragon Ball fans out there, as I was doing some research the other day, trying to find good tracks to pull for this episode, I found a version of that song sung by Hironobu Kagayama, the guy who sings Chala Hechala, We Got a Power. So it's like the perfect marriage of that kick-ass song, but also the guy who sings the Dragon Ball openings used together. Perfect. Napoleon, let me ask you. You're somebody who sampled a ton of Kikuchi songs for the Dragon Ball G album that we talked about a few months back. Uh, if you want to listen to that past episode, there's a link in the show notes. Go check it out. Uh, also, you can listen to the album pretty much wherever you get music. Um, if you had to pick three words 
to describe Kikuchi style, what do you think those three words would be? Um, I know the first one got, has to be energetic. You know what I'm saying? Or it could have been aggressive, energetic, interchangeably. You know what I mean? Um, you see, it gets your adrenaline, the adrenaline and pumping. It's 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 a lot of movement going on. It's like a, you. It's like you can see the action. You can feel the action. And the second is orchestral, because yes. it's a big sound. Like that that one you just played. You hear like the the, the horns, the trumpets, or whatever. It's just there's something about that that's very has a big quality to it, epic quality to it. You know, space opera type stuff. Yes. And um, the last is uh, emotional. You know what I mean? And, I, and, I, and I'm really thinking about Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, you know, in, in, in different instances where the music is just, it just brings something out. Like he can make you sad. He can make you feel like there's an ominous villain coming. He, he's just he's just so good at just capturing the emotion. And, and like I, I told you in the previous interview, I didn't realize how much value that added to the to the anime. Sure. Until, until later on, you know, when, you know, the music sticks to your head and everything and then you watch it again, you're like, man, the music makes this. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's crazy. So I think that I kind of feel some of the words that you just you just shared. The one one word that I wrote down was infectious for that. It's mm. like no matter what he's trying to do with a piece of music, whether it's like to get you pumped up, like we just listened to to set the tone for a big uh, bombastic space opera show, you know, you're going to feel that kind of energy. But on the flip side of that, there are pieces in Dragon Ball that we're going to we're going to play one of them in a, in a little bit where you're meant to feel like loss. You're meant to feel sadness. and the energy of whatever tune he's putting out there is so infectious. It just automatically influences your emotions. It's kind yeah. of remarkable. It's, it's very, very remarkable, man. It's, it's just, um, nah, it, it, it's, it's kind of crazy because I didn't know that cartoon you just played the music for, you know, but he has a signature sound too, because yes. it's like, I never heard that before, but it sounded familiar already. Yeah, you, know? you kind of knew like where it was coming from. Even yeah. if you, I mean, I feel like he's so influential on that whole generation of composers because there's a couple of other guys in that genre who, if they couldn't get Kikuchi, they would go and get them. Uh, I can't, I can't think of how to say his first name. Machianki Watanabe. He's the guy who actually did the soundtrack for Spider Man, which I'm very familiar with. Okay, he, uh, he's like another guy that you know did a ton of work back then. Did some of these giant robot shows, but. I think that he was a younger guy. I don't actually know that he was a younger guy or not, but I feel like he his influence, Kikuchi's influence was felt through composers like that or on mm -hmm. composers like that. Um, do you, I think we might've talked about this a little bit in our first conversation, but do you remember when you started paying attention to, you know, the composers and who they were in anime and like when kind of clicked for you that it was such an important piece of the aesthetic for things? Well, to be honest with you, I I understood the importance of the music. It, it it hit me before I knew who was composing. I think it's it's just as I got into hip hop and I got into music and I and and I got into this current idea kept coming. Like I want I want to take some of those anime music that I grew up to and 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 sample them and loop them into some rap songs because they they have so much emotion. They, they they tell a story in itself. And to me, a good loop in hip hop is one that tells a story by itself. And then you just add your lyrics to it. And 
I never got the producer to actually do that till I just started doing it myself. <laughs> and it's the first one I did was the Saint Seiya, which is a uh, Seiji Yokohama. And when I started looking for the OST music, I'm like, oh, this is the guy who makes it. So it's the same way. I knew I was going to do Dragon Ball, but I didn't even look up the name until I started doing it. <laughs> and when I started searching for the songs, that's so I, I'm late in the game when it comes to knowing who these guys are. But I would give you the benefit of the doubt in that you've put a lot of work into finding the right samples to be able to use and then turn into its own thing. That Dragon Ball G album, like sometimes I forget that it reuses pieces of the Kikuchi score because the songs have kind of become their own thing. But it's because you took the time to not only find the right pieces, but also sometimes find other pieces to go with those pieces that are completely unrelated. There's a lot of complicated work in there, man. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I, I put a lot of love and a lot of heart into it. And, and I kind of knew, it, you know, like I said, it, it, the, the sample made this like the, 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 the beat is going to make the song at the end of the day. So I think that's where if, if that part wasn't right, like it wasn't you, it, I, I wouldn't do it justice. You know what I'm saying? And I wanted to do that justice. I didn't want to come out with something like mediocre. I wanted everything to be powerful as the music. And I think if you were to make it mediocre, people would probably call you on it. Because us Dragon Ball fans, man, are we a bunch of friggin' snobs? <laughs> oh, for sure, for sure. No, I, 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 I wouldn't allow myself, man. It's just, no. it, it, it's too, too much of my childhood into that. Too much into my upbringing. It's like in my, it's in, it's in our DNA. You know what I'm saying? Like those animes are part of our growth. They're part of our DNA, and the music is like in our psyche, like that. So. So I, I don't know, like I said at the top, I've been aware of who Kikuchi is for a long time, but like for a very weird reason, um, I mentioned my dad's a big nerd. He grew up a fan of the force five stuff in the seventies, which is most, I think three out of five of those shows were scored by Kikuchi. Even when they brought them over to America, they kept most of the music intact. Maybe they took some of the OST and turned it into the intro songs. In some cases, I think that was the case for Starzinger. Um, either way. Early 90s, so I, it's probably like 95, 96. I'm probably like six or seven years old. My dad gets this uh, high-speed CD burner and uh, also access to like downloading. Maybe it's a little bit later then. So maybe it's like 98, 99. So I'm eight or nine, 10, somewhere in that range. Right. Access to a high-speed CD burner and Napster. And he started searching for all this nerdy shit that he grew up on as a kid looking for songs that maybe people had ripped from like old VHSs or CDs or whatever. And he found pretty much, I don't know, the entire OSTs for like three or four different series. So he devised this plan to, uh, this is kind of an embarrassing story, but I'm going to share it anyways, Bob. Um, he devised this plan where we put together like these OSTs and we put them in like little jewel cases. And we went and did a local convention a very, very small convention. Like it was, wasn't even called a convention. It was called a toy show. So, um, you know, maybe 15, 20 vendors. And we set up this table for the day and just sat there trying to sell these bootleg soundtracks of force five fucking cartoons. Um, not a single one sold, not a single one. But leading up to that, I listened to these songs a bunch. And afterwards, we had a bunch of fucking extras laying around the house. So I, you know, would take them and, and have them amongst my several different houses. I always had a copy of these CDs. And I listened to them a bunch. I genuinely grew to love these music, uh, love these tunes in this music. 
despite never really having watched these shows for the most part. Right. Um, I've since gone on to watch Grandizer pretty much in its entirety, but also a pretty poor, um, like a bootleg American rip. So it's pretty cheesy, but it was fun. Um, so knowing those songs from there and then becoming a massive Dragon Ball nerd like I have and becoming like more um, aware of the people who work on the things. When I found out that the guy from 20 years ago doing those Force 5 cartoons is doing these Dragon Ball things, it like it suddenly all clicked in my brain. And I guess when that connection was made for me, I suddenly became a lot more interested to learn what people work on other things, not even just about music, just about any kind of production. Right. To right. see like what are the common like creative threads between those two works. It's always just been a weird thing that I've liked to try to track. And I think this might be one of my earliest instances of it. Um, is because we couldn't sell CDs at a bootleg toy show, but I got really into the tunes regardless. That was, hey, nothing is ever a waste, you know. That that type of story proves it. You know, you know what's funny is that. I, I'm familiar with Grandizer. I watched, you know, quite a few episodes uh, because they were part part of French culture too. You know, people Goldorak, yeah, yeah, Goldorak, and um, I didn't realize it was the same guy that was making the music, right? And, and I I love m- music from Grandizer. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, and everybody in France knows that. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it's 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 crazy. Like, I didn't even know that was the same guy that did the Dragon Ball music. Just to tell you, like, that guy's a super super genius and we're only talking about i mean the stuff that we're familiar with as as his music like there's so much other stuff that i don't even know anything about like all the power rangers uh super sentai stuff that he did back in the day too right right. and and i'm I'm pretty sure i watched a few too that that he might have done music that i'm not sure which ones but i I, you know I, I i should look them up actually so as part of like the mourning process for me and my dad over the last couple of weeks uh last 10 days or whatever. Um, we actually got together the other day. My dad is a, a trumpet player. Um, I play the guitar. I don't know if you knew that, Napoleon, but we uh, did a little Kikuchi thing. Um, so another one of the Force 5 songs, or, or another one of the Force 5 cartoons, I think in America it was called Star Avengers, but in Japan it was called Star Zynga. And I don't know why he wanted to do Star Zynga, because it's not my favorite one, but... We did like a weird acoustic trumpet somber version of it that I want to share with you guys. Go, go ahead. Star Zynga. I'm looking it up right now. Okay, yeah. I don't know that one.
was that was nice, man. Thank you. That was a great homage right there. And it's funny because I yo, I, I could hear his soul through it, through the notes. You know what I mean? It's funny to, to that you say that because as I became more aware of Kikuchi and like became a better musician, um, I realized how much of that sound influences my dad's trumpet playing directly. Like how he hits notes, how he powers through them sometimes. Um I could I could seriously point out like a few other things, I guess, if I sat down and thought about it more, but a lot of the style I think my dad has is influenced from growing up here in those big bombastic horn lines at the top of a cartoon every goddamn morning, Monday through Friday. You know, you know why why that piece was so good in in in, in the horn too. It is um the whole piece was good. The guitar is great, but it is I feel like it's kind of like me doing a DBG project. Like I think you have to kind of be into it and understand and have a familiarity with it to in order to do it right. And that was a great homage because, like, you feel like the people playing it got him. You know what I'm saying? You 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 kind of get the soul. That's why that's why it's, it's so well done. Thanks, man. I really appreciate that. Um, it was cool to go hang out with him for an afternoon and get that done. So. Uh, I guess, is there any Kikuchi pieces in particular that, uh, you know, I guess you'd either classify as like your favorite or that you would maybe, um, you know, say are like some of the most influential stuff? Uh, I know that you mentioned uh, Goldorak. Well, there, there, there is, um, uh, there's one that, that comes to mind. It's, 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 it's one that, that I sampled, um, I think on the song Goateng. Um, on my DBG album, yeah, and it's actually not the beginning. I I love that 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 beginning. I love the 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 sample, but it's at the end where it's just a conversation with me and rapper Nejma, and it's like it sing. It feels like it's the theme song for like Dragon Ball, the quiet where where it's like um, I know, yeah, fly away. I love yeah. that track, man. I know exactly what you're talking about, and I've listened to that song many a time. Just to get to that part of it. See, I'm not good with the names. So, like, I don't know none of the names of the songs or whatever. But that song, like, it just encapsulates, like, just growth. It's, I don't know. There's something, like, I feel like that's why I, that's why I wanted to, to make it the outro of the, the, the album. There's two bonus tracks after, but it is really the outro of it. And that's mm. why I just, I didn't even want to sample it and have a conversation. I just wanted to play it and talk over it. Because it has something about a new chapter in life. And in, in, in Dragon Ball, being that it's like this kid that's like doesn't know much, is in his little cocoon, his little world, and then discovers this whole big world. It just it just feels like that. Like every moment of life is like that. You're you're in a space and you're trying to transition to another space or a bigger space. And I, I feel like that song is like inspiration for that. Both the old ones and the new ass rappers. The game ain't rule. What y'all saying ain't new. Gatekeepers is paid off. What they saying ain't true. Just cause you woke don't mean you smart. And these shows ain't getting booked with them streams you bought. <laughs> y'all ain't real. Fuck out of here. Step your game up, man. And if you're offended, that means I'm talking about you, motherfucker. We in a world where it's like, I feel like they want us to be separate in a way. It's all about... And I stay, I'm on my corner doing my thing, you know what I mean? Because I got to get mine and I got, yeah. I, got, I got to pay my bills and handle yeah, this and that. It. But then you always got to reconnect with, 
with the people, you know what I mean? And, oh, and, and, and with, with, with your people, with your tribe and shit like that. I oh, your tribe important. is everything, man. Yeah, your tribe is everything and the community is everything. It's about what you leave here. Like, you know, I think every day, like, you know, what, what's my legacy? Even with you, it's like, right. what will Poe say about me, like, when I'm fucking gone? Damn. Like, will he be like, yo, man, that was my comrade. Like, we really built in, in behind the scenes. You That's know, we wild. did songs. No, we didn't just send that shit. Right, Like, right, we right. built, yo. Like, exactly. we talked. We exactly. talked about our fucking lives. We walked these fucking New York streets. And you they don't I mean? see like, yo, when we get together, when it's like one, two, three, and it's like, it seems like it's clockwork, but people don't see that, that we, we build and we already know each other. That's why it's clockwork. And, yeah. and, and at the end of the day, nobody's promised tomorrow. So it's like, what you said right there, like, we're writing our eulogy right now. Yo, for so, real. So you, Every day. I, you you, you doing heartbeat. what I'm going to say at your eulogy. You doing what I'm, you're going to say at mine. Yup, exactly. It's <laughs> like, you know what? You going to represent me, I'm going to represent you. And I'm going to trust that, yo. Because right. we done built. Same you here. know what I mean? And like, again, people don't know the fucking sacrifice, man. Hell the sacrifice yeah. that goes into the work that we put out. The vulnerability. Right. You know what I mean? Right. The vulnerability with each other even. Like, we, right. you know, we get deep with each other. We, we share fucking conversations about our lives man and we do this fucking music we put it out to the world we don't know what people gonna think right. but we do it we do it because this is our calling man yep. we walking in our purpose right we be putting our necks out there people might shoot it down people might say this or that they might not agree with our views or this and that but you know what man who the fuck cares man because th th this is my life be authentic yeah. that's it that's all this is this that's is my it. life this is your life i live the way i live you live the way you live and and, and we just giving y'all that And uh, I hope that you guys just enjoyed that because I definitely dropped it in for us on the post. So uh, that's one of my favorite parts of that album for sure. And the conversation that you guys have is I'm not going to try to like recreate it because I haven't listened to it in a second, but it's an important conversation, I think. And I love the fact that you, it's like a, about building camaraderie, camaraderie yeah. with one another and, you know, having each other's backs. And it's it's cool, man. I enjoy that part of the album a lot. Um, the one that you'd sent over when we were doing the outline earlier in the week I yeah. love that you picked this one to share as well, because this one is uh, in the vein of the first one that I played at the top, Get a Robo, but it's one that for a show that I actually have watched and I'm very familiar with the character of Duke Fried. What did they call him in France? Did they call him in Duke Fried? The, 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 the hero? Yeah. Uh, they Actarus. Darus. Akdarush. Akdarush. Huh. Yeah. Cool, man. I'm trying to think. Orion Quest. That's his name in America. Okay, nice. Orion Quest. Yeah. Oh, man. It's crazy. Um, I want to play this one that you'd sent over uh, right now.
Yes. That song, uh, whether instrumental, whether with lyrics, like that's one of my favorite things about Kikuchi is the way that he can just reweave in the theme song into different parts of the show with different pieces of emotion. Like that one is obviously grandizer after he whoops someone's ass and he's riding home to victory. The piece that you were talking about at the end of Goten on your album, that's just uh that's just Chala Hechala, but like done in like a high pitched flute and it's beautiful and airy and whimsical and and very hopeful sounding like, but Charla Hetchala is one of those songs that you could also, you know, get pumped up and whoop someone's ass to just as easily. Right. Right. <laughs> you just got to speed it up and play it a certain way. It's crazy, man. Yeah. The way he's able to take those, the, you know, the headers or like the themes off at the top and be able to weave them back in through the show and just keep it consistent. It helps, you know, like, yeah, it helps create a consistency to that, uh, that part of the show, which I love. Um, I haven't shared any pieces from Dragon Ball yet outside of what we sampled just a moment ago. Um, there was a couple that I grabbed. I, To be honest, it's a really it's a tough decision to make because there are so many pieces in Dragon Ball that you hear them, you start, and you can hum along to the rest of them. Right. Um, but I did grab a couple. One of them, I, you know what? I'm just going to play them. Um, and there's a you'll probably understand why i pick these as you as you hear them and it'll feel maybe a little bit appropriate but um these are things from dragon ball that uh definitely live in my head my heart and uh i think are good encapsulation of who he is as a composer think that song like we were just talking about like it it takes in that theme from the new like once dragon ball z resets it to we got a power um and like does it in its own different way like it's the same melody it's not exactly the same kind of delivery to it. its different tempo it's it's more of like a march and a get ready right it's like a get ready to fight kind of feel right but it's also got like these really high flying string parts going in between all these big large brass pieces and it's I don't know, man. I feel like there's no better way to get pumped up for an episode of Dragon Ball outside of that song. So that's kind of what led me to pick that one. You, you know, what's funny is that the, 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 uh, it's almost that, but it, the, the version of that song that usually starts the the recap, which yes. is kind of like that. Dun, 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 dun. Yes. I, I actually did, did a remix to one of the songs in Dragon Ball Z with one of them. One yes, of these days. Day again. Yeah, I, 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 might, I might swap it out with one of the songs if I want to repress the vinyl one day. That would be awesome if you did that. Uh, that's yeah. I'm trying to think. It's it's Master Roshi. 
you, it's Master Roshi that you say. It's that Master part. Roshi, but I use the old version. But I, I have a version with the the new the newer version of the recap. Okay. The one I use is the. I don't know. It's the, it's two different ones. It's two different ones. Like the earlier Dragon Ball, that's the ones I use for Dragon Master Roshi. But after when it gets to the Imagine Boost chapters, it becomes like a different theme, which is yes. closer to the one you just played. Yes, yes. So it's, it's set in that same general um, period of time. I'm trying to think. That's not the recap music that we just played, but it's like a dun dun dun. I think it's just a general fight theme, maybe that they use. Huh, I don't know. Now, but, I, I think I think later on they you they they change the song when they when, when they do the recap at the beginning. I'm pretty sure because oh, they 100 percent they do. Dun, 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 dun. It's like a minor yeah. kind of key. Yeah, something dun, 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 like that. It's yeah. the same melody. It's the same header, but it's the one that we just played is like we're fighting to it, and then there's the recap music as well. But it's right. all just off of "We Got a Power," which is exactly. again. Kikuchi's just like, yo, you guys got like this one melody. I'm going to get you seven and a half different songs out of it. No problem. <laughs> yeah, man. Hey, I, I would have just loved to see like how he goes, like how they, how they played, like how they recorded that to like who does what, if he played anything, if he brought, how big was the orchestra for, or if it was something more digital. I, I'm so curious to see that. Back then, man, I imagine he probably would have just been. Compo- not composing, conducting, I imagine. Composing and conducting? I don't know if he was actually a conductor. Those are two different things, but... Um, Maybe. Why not, you know? Yeah, um, picture picture we got up of him on the screen is of him with a p- in front of a piano, so piano player primarily. It makes sense from a composition perspective. I wonder if he played any of his own recordings. Interesting that you bring up the, the premise of a live orchestra, though. Um, yeah. I am going to... Just tease that for now because I have something at the end for us to, to wrap this okay, whole thing up. Cool. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I probably not so digital starting in the 60s, but he did compose like well into the tw- 2000s, like 2010, 2015 era. So maybe that part of it changed. Right. Um, I, I don't know. I, one I thing- mean, I'm pretty sure in those Grandizer days, even Dragon Ball days, there's probably like real musicians that, that came in the, probably in a room and they just. Yeah, they probably got some wacky ass keyboards in the 80s now that I'm thinking about it. Like 86 is when Dragon Ball started. And in that first. Do you think the, those horns and those trumpets are a keyboard? No, 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 no. Those are definitely they, real. Right, right. They sound real as hell, man. But they got this uh, this wacky little scene in Pilaf's castle, like the first time they gather all the Dragon Balls and before Goku, there's a big fucking pinball thing chasing everybody. And they're playing this most like ridiculous organ music through it. And it's got like this horror movie kind of vibes as they're thinking that they're going to get crushed by this stuff or like killed by one of these monsters within the castle. Um, That uh, is a piece of Kikuchi's game that I think is underappreciated. You know what? It's funny you bring that up. One of the songs that stick to mind that's not epic, but it not actually it is epic, but it's a little bit comedic. But it's when he trains with Krillin and and Goku with Master Roshi, and they're carrying like milk crates, and you hear that ding 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 ding. Like I don't know, like that melody is like stuck in my head since like since I was a kid, man. Yeah, it makes me think of training. They just live in your brain, these earworms, man. And we didn't really uh, 
we didn't really realize what the guy was doing to us until it was too late. Right. Yeah, genius, man. Such a genius. So digging into um, his stuff over the last couple of weeks, I I found a couple of songs. One is actually just a quick little incidental piece of unused music from one of the movies that I found that uh, that I thought was very interesting, given the title of it. Um, so, and then I got another one quick and then we'll go to our final questions here for you, Napoleon. Um, so yeah, let me play these weird pieces of music that I found. So this first one, um, is one that was just an unused accidental. appropriately titled the loss of a master wow yeah that's what i sampled on a song perfect cell yeah um that piece is another good example of you know the emotions meant to be conveyed through the piece of music are felt immediately just based off of the tone of the string players it's infectious, yeah. man. Just changes your mood immediately. Mood mood altering music is Kikuchi's uh, brand, I think. Right, right. No, a hundred percent, hundred percent. It's just, it's just nothing like it. You know what I'm saying? Like it just, and, and it has that that Oriental Japanese feel too. Like I, I, a quality that's like it's foreign. You know what I'm saying? It's orchestral, but it's not Western. You know, it's definitely Eastern, and I, and I love that. Yeah, it's very pentatonic heavy. It's very five note kind of, you know, they don't do much in the way of like uh what five notes are in a pentatonic scale. Kyle, you used to know this shit. A one, three, five, four, and an eight. So there's no like no major or minor uh kind of extra notes in a lot of the stuff that they do. So it's very straightforward and very kind of I don't want to say robotic. That's not the right word, but um it's very strict with what it'll stick to every once in a while. But when it does, you know, kind of embellish a little bit and go into more of a major or minor scale. And then maybe that's part of the attack and how he, you know, composes or how people in that side of the world compose. Because even in pop music, it's really common too. I don't know. I'm thinking about music composition a little bit more than I typically do. My brain hurts now. <laughs> nah, you know, and I don't know nothing about that, to be honest with you. Like everything for me is by ear, by feel. I, 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 it, it feels like he just catch he he just catches the essence of what he needs to convey without like going without trying to be too fancy 
about it. So it's like it's like when you think grandizer, that song you play, right? It's like you feel victory. You feel like it's just right there. And it, it's simple. It's this this one, like you feel that sadness, melancholy. And it's like it's simple. You know what I mean? It's simple, yet it's it's nuanced and it's profound. You know what I mean? It's it's it's, it's tough to do that. It's like rapping, you know. Sometimes it's it, when, when you've been rapping for a while and you have a certain skill level, it gets e is gets it's easier to do complicated rhymes in a way. And then, and, and it starts being harder to just say what you want to say simply and effectively. And like, I'm always more in awe with rappers that deliver some, some, a simple line that just flows and hits so well, rather than dudes that try to like, like astonish the average rap fan or average casual listener who's going to hear that, da, 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 all types of crazy stuff. You know what I mean? Absolutely, man. So I think about what you just described and how I write, like sometimes because I'm, I'm pr a little too wordy whenever I write anything down. If I have to type shit out, it's a given that's going to be too long, but I have to think about ways in which to shorten what I'm trying to say, just so that way I won't lose people's attention. I feel like the, uh, another good example of what you're talking about, or, or the example would be, you know, they try to impress with like a bunch of fucking words that into a short period of time, but it's a it's a gimmick to a certain extent, especially yeah. if they don't have anything of substance behind it. Whereas somebody who might have more of a simple, straightforward flow who gets their lines or delivery across in fewer words might have a more impact on somebody um, because the message felt by it is a little bit more impactful as opposed to just somebody rapping really fast. Right. And 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 you and you could tell like like that the granddads is a little bit or or, or that song you played just before is a little bit more complex with all the strings and all the games. And that one was more simple. It's just like he, he so it's not that he can't be more complex. It's just that, you know, when you got it, you got it. You know what I'm saying? Like if, if, there, if the recipe just says garlic, salt and pepper, don't act cumin and paprika and all that just because you can and you have it on the shelf. You know what I mean? Yeah. Doesn't necessarily just because you can doesn't mean you have to. Right. That's that's true. To me, that's true mastery. You know what I'm saying? Like if you could just get people here with that thought, like you don't need to like try to embellish just for the sake of embellishing. I think that actually kind of leads me to the, the last question kind of perfectly. It's tough to kind of say definitively because he's somebody who's been in the anime industry for so long anyway. So it, there's no doubt about it. We talked about it earlier, how his impact has already been felt on other composers. But long term, the legacy of Kikuchi and composers in his vein, what what kind of impact do you hope that they have long-term on anime that, you know, future productions try to, you know, take from? I hope sometimes, like, I, I'm always for progression, you know, like, you know, pro, pro progressiveness and advancement, but I, I, I hope also that they, they respect the tradition in, 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 in a way of, yo, the, the orchestra, the orchestral sound is just, I mean, I, I, I mean, like, think about all the movies we love. Like, when you think about other space operas like uh, Star Wars and things like that, it's all that orchestral. And I, I just hope they don't leave that behind and, 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 and just try to be too, um, um, I don't want to say too digital. But it's, it's economical not with their sound. Yeah. It, economical. Is that what you mean? Yeah. yeah, actually. Yeah, actually, that that's probably what I mean. Just, yo, keep it, keep it epic. Keep it 
keep it uh keep it big you know because sometimes i i'm, I'm hearing and i'm seeing animes and um like i i i'll divorce something like i've, I've been I've been trying to work on like One Piece or something like that. And One Piece has some great tracks in there too. Some of the tracks is hard to work with because there's like, there's not much to, for me, there's not much meat for me to like convey an emotion. Yeah. And, and uh, but some, some do, don't get me wrong. I'm gonna I'm get, I'm gonna put something together. But I'm gonna go through and curate that and figure out which ones not only are of, you know, the more upper echelon, but also ones that impact you too. I mean, you're not gonna wanna make a song that doesn't personally resonate with you, right? Right, right. But that's what I'm saying. Like with him, with Seji Yokohama for saying Say It, it was, oh, it was easy. It was just like, I, how, how do I reduce that? I just need to make 12 songs or something, right? But I could do 20. I could make it part two if I needed to. And whereas uh, others, you had you you have to get those genius moments here and there. But like K- Kakushi just gave you from top to bottom just a, a high standard and a high level of just straight emotion. It's just like what type of emotion you want you you want you want to get from this moment or that moment. I keep thinking about even the. The themes when the, the bad guy comes in Dragon Ball, that like that weird Vegeta type yeah. thing. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I was in Marseille last week uh, doing some stuff, right? And I, and I, I was talking to um, to Akenaton's son, who's probably like 20, 22. I don't know. I don't know how old he is. And we were talking about cartoons. He, we were talking about Dragon Ball. Nice. He, like, yo, he's 20, 22. And he's like, yo, when you hear one music, you already knew, know something's gonna happen. So you see how, like across the generations, it's not it's not just a generational thing where that no. was hot when we were young and when we grew up. People are still feeling it now. And you know what? You can't really say that about everything that's currently being made. Like, like we were talking about, like being economical with with a certain sound. Just to be, you know, for ex- an example, I would think. Um, like the the people who make the music for My Hero Academia, that very is probably a pretty small production team. It sounds right. like you know a guy who's really good with Pro Tools, and they've got some very compli- um very accomplished uh, session musicians to be able to do it. I don't think they've got a huge, you know, thirty two piece, sixty four piece orchestra, you know, work or they have access to that on a regular basis right. because it just doesn't make sense from. From a math perspective, it's it's just cheaper to do it in house and in post production. Um, but one thing that I hope is carried forward from the you know the the school of thought of Kikuchi and all that, or, or one thing that I think is um, kind of born out from the kind of music that he made is, even though we didn't sell a single goddamn bootleg CD that day um, in Fairhaven, Massachusetts, of all fucking places. Uh, I do feel like the music kind of can bring people together a little bit. There's a certainly a sense of community uh, when you can talk like there are a couple other Dragon Ball content creators out there that people probably know I'm not huge fans of, but we both were very much in solidarity the day that this happened and just, you know, kind of being sad together. Um, right. sharing a couple of our favorite tracks amongst each other, even like, that's not a thing that we would typically, we, we typically wouldn't even talk, but here we are sending, you know, a couple of YouTube links to each other about weird pieces of music we found. Um, 
the sense of community, I think that music like this, uh, the deep catalog for a composer like this can bring among the fans. It's important. I don't know if it's something that's you can intentionally look to replicate. Um, I think it might be just something that happens. Um, but if we could get another Kikuchi to uh, hopefully bring that sort of mentality to how they compose and how they make their music and you know the consequences thereof uh, afterwards in terms of a, a ravenous fandom who wants to hear them compose music for the rest of their God-given life. I think that'd be a good place to start. That was a long ramble, man. But um, no, I, yo, I feel you, and, and, and I think look, we like to romanticize things. We don't know him. We don't know how he worked. We don't know the pressure he was under. We don't know if he was just after a while just clocking into work. I need to knock these out, but. From our perspective, it felt like somebody that poured his soul into like every note. Let's just let, let's be real. Like that's that's how I interpret the music when it hits me. Whereas that's why sometimes I criticize other anime where I feel like, OK, they just they're just punching a clock right now. You know what yeah. I'm saying? They needed that. OK, let me compose that. I know how to do that. There was a quality to Kikishi. Maybe it's because he was so invested in what he did, or maybe he was just that much of a genius. Yeah. But we felt the notes. Like, even if it was an, a, a comedic, light, light, lighthearted song, or a sad song, or, or a scary, ominous song, or a victorious, epic song, you felt every single note. So you, you just got to give him that. And I, I hope the composers that get. That 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 they choose or that that choose to to work with anime put that much heart into what they do because they have a hell of a pair of shoes to fill. Um, you know the the world uh, has lost a titan, and uh, you know not that he's composed much in the last few years being sick, but you know still yeah, uh, he didn't have to like yo know, he 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 would have been a genius if he only had Dragon Ball or even even Grandizer or anything like that. You know he he gave so much. For sure. And even when he wasn't composing as much in his later years, he was still bringing in like royalty, like uh, absolute all time records in certain years because of, you know, having not only such long running career, not only such a long running career, but being part of so many long running storied series like his music was everywhere all the time. Right. Um, he made a lot of money. <laughs> well, think about it. Like now that they, they're putting i seen the, the Dragon Ball uh, Kakarot video game that was like an RPG type game. They're using the the, the, the music from the series. Oh, wow. Which, yeah, like I, I see like uh, there's Goku flying around and it's the same music from the series. Huh. I haven't played cool. that game in a minute. I got that game and was kind of disappointed with it. But I don't I don't have it. So. It was fun for a few hours and then it right, got right. a little grindy real quick. Um, so. At the top of the show, we started off with um, Get a Robo. I just did a big, long thing about community around music and how it brings people together. Maybe a little force. We'll see how it comes out in the edit. But um, there is uh, there was also a hint about orchestra, an orchestra earlier in the conversation as well. Uh, to round out the conversation, um, I wanted to share uh, this version of Get a Robo that I found that makes me so goddamn happy and you'll see why in a minute or hear why in a minute
So that was taken from a 2017 live performance. Um, he, he wasn't there. Uh, he wasn't conducting the orchestra, but it was a, a concert in his honor. And uh, I accidentally stumbled across that clip of them performing Get a Robo. And I was like, oh, this is cool to see a live orchestra play this. This is really, uh, Japan seems so fun. And then once the lyrics kick in, the crowd just gets so amped. They start singing along and screaming along all the words to the song. And I was like, holy shit, what a moment that this must have uh, been a part of. How it must have felt to be a part of this moment. Right. I, um, I don't know. It gave me chills. It gave me chills when I listened to it just now. I've listened to it three times today. <laughs> Man, that's what I love about like Japanese manga anime culture is just that, you know, like I, I remember seeing like the, 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 the theme song from Neo, Neo Genesis uh, Evangelion. Like and the sing and then like the singer is like a star over there, you know, and they they have concerts and I'm like, right, that's I I found that so ill, you know what I mean? Because like you don't have like we don't know the person who sang GI Joe or He Man or whatever or like in America, you know what I'm saying? Or like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle, nobody cares, you know what I'm saying? But over there, it's like it's such a powerful thing, and and I, that's what I love about Japanese culture. To be honest with you. Yeah, man. Music's real important. And uh, if they can, you know, take the opportunity to make another revenue stream off their cartoons and manga in the form of music, you know, they're going to do it. And we're going to benefit by getting some quality tunes, which I love. For sure. For sure. And why not? Like, you know, why not? Like, why? Like these musics, are, the, that, that music is uh, valid. You know, it's 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 certified. It's it, it makes you feel good. It's, it's good music. Everyone thinks I'm a goddamn weirdo for listening to as much Japanese music as I do, but I don't care. I Yo, I'll be I'm honest about. with you. It's funny you said that. I remember back in the day, I stumbled on, like, I think an OST CD of, once again, Saint Seiya. And, and we was in the car with my homies. I was trying to play it. And all my friends were looking at me like I was crazy. And I'm like, you guys don't like this. Like, we used to watch the cartoon, but they like, they thought it was, they were too cool for that. You know what yeah. I'm saying? They thought it was corny. And it's funny that later on, I ended up doing my own album, you know, based on all these things. You know what I mean? Because it's just like, nah, it's not corny, man. It, this, this is real good music. This is quality music. Yeah, I've definitely had a few uh, different situations like that one you just described happen to me in my life. And uh, I'm not too proud to admit that I'm still walking, walking around listening to weird Kikuchi music and Dragon Ball theme songs on a pretty regular basis. There you go. So we we found ourselves like there's a community for all that. And I'm happy that that community exists. And, you know, thank you. Rest in power, Kikuchi. Rest in power, baby. Uh, Napoleon, thank you so much for taking the time to uh, join me today on this conversation. I appreciate you, man. Uh, where can people find you? You have any projects going on? Well, you always have projects going on. What do you yeah. have going on right now? Um, you can find me at, at Team NDL on Instagram, on um, Twitter. Uh, Napoleon the Legend on Facebook. There's my, I have a YouTube page, all that website. And uh, right now, the latest, I just put out um, The Hole in My Heart Part 2. Part 1, I put out beginning of March. Part 2 uh, just came out. So there's that. Uh, you can get on any platform. Produced by Kenneton, a uh, French producer. And uh, also, um, Kenneton, who's one of the top rappers in France, uh, did a 19-minute song. And he asked me to adapt it in English and it's called the end of their world. And there's a video attached to it. Cool. So it's, it's, 
It's probably the I know it's the longest song in French rap history. In America, I think Cannabis had did a song for like 30 minutes, but so it's a 19 minute rap. There's a video. It's it's getting a lot of views. So check it Is, out. So that's something you've already done or something you're working on? No, no, some, some something that's on YouTube right now. Oh, cool, man. I'm gonna go check it out. Yeah, it's distributed by Universal. It's called The End of Their World Part Two. So it's like I'm basically taking his song. It's the same beat and everything, but I had to like more than translate. I had to adapt it because he wanted some of the things he was saying was like from the French perspective, and I took it more from the American lens from certain political things and stuff like that. So I took some of his ideas and I just modulated it. Cool. I'm gonna go check it out, man. I appreciate it, and I'll I'll drop a link in the show notes as well for people to check out too. Thank you. Napoleon the Legend, I'll talk with you soon, man. Thank you. My brother, take care.